Tally-ho, my friends. Here we are on the hunt for deeper truths. Join us now. We're going to take a wee bit of a ride. Best to hold on tight. We might take several jumps. So here's a quick preview. Very poor. And I would say if, if you're looking for where we are in the time period, that I would say we are in the church of Laodicea, that last age of the church. As soon as that's over, uh, chapter 4 and 5 of Revelation gives us a scene of the throne room of God as Jesus takes the seven-sealed scroll and he's about to open it, and it opens up till chapter 19, the tribulation time period. They were, they were not happy people, any of them, because they were just so concerned with the fact that they had not won those awards yet. And my job in this dream was actually going around and speaking to each of them in either little groups or one at a time and explaining to them, Hey, you guys, um, these are not the little gold statue is not the reward that you want. <laughs> the reward you want is the one that's going to come after you die. And so this time we have here, just don't worry about it. Don't worry about the fact that you haven't won those awards yet. Strive to make sure you win the big awards that are coming. to Spiritual Encounters with Pastor Casper McLeod. And now, here's your lion-hearted host, Pastor Casper. So where did Jesus ever give a seeker-friendly message anywhere in the Holy Scriptures? So um, I want to welcome everyone to another Spiritual Encounters. I am your lion-hearted host, and Sitting next to me is one of my dearest friends from many decades ago, and is Rick Derringer, and our regular guest, Nathan Jones, is back with us tonight. So stand by. I think it's going to be an amazing time. Great. Nathan, what's going on in your part of the world? Well, it's good to be back with you guys. Uh, what's not going on in the world? Race riots, Antifa rising, swarms of locusts spreading across the world. Uh, sickness from COVID, uh, the whole world's gone crazy, and it's an election year on top of that. And uh, the United States is apparently trying to push this uh, peace deal of the century with Israel. A lot is going on in the world. And uh, as those of us who follow Bible prophecy know, it's all leading up to Jesus's soon return. So Nathan, you've got this amazing book. We've um, talked about it before. And oh, praise the Lord. Where are we in Revelations right now? What's your opinion? Well, Revelation is actually divided into three sections. Chapter one is John on the Isle of Patmos, about 95 AD. He was recording what he saw, and then he would write a letters in chapter two or three, seven of them that Jesus gave him to send to the seven churches, and the seven churches were actual churches in the book of Revelation. They were located in Asia Minor, but they represent ages of church history, and the last one is the Church of Laodicea. It's defined as apathetic and uh, thinks it's spiritually rich, but is very poor. And I would say if, if you're looking for where we are in the time period, that I would say we are in the church of Laodicea, that last age of the church. As soon as that's over, uh, chapter four and five of Revelation gives us a scene of the throne room of God as Jesus takes the seven sealed scroll and he's about to open it. And it opens up till chapter 19, the tribulation time period which is a seven year, according to the prophet Daniel, judgment where God is gonna pour out 21 judgments upon the world to judge the earth for its sins and bring many to accept Jesus as savior. So if you're looking for where we are in the prophetic timeline, I would say we're at the very end of the church of Laodicea. I would agree with you. Rick, what do you think? Well, <clears throat> at the end, you think we're at the end of the Laodicea part? 
Yes, because we're real close to the rapture of the church. If you look at the 10 signs that Jesus gave in Luke 21 and Matthew 24, uh, signs would increase in frequency and intensity the closer we got to the Lord's return. We're living in those now uh, epidemics of false prophets, uh, plagues, uh, natural disasters, signs in the sky, great upheaval, the world focused on Jerusalem, uh, plagues and diseases. I mean, Jesus gives 10 there, and they said it would increase in frequency and intensity. You know, it's interesting for those who study Bible prophecy here at Lamb and Lion Ministries, our founder, Dr. Reagan, said back in 1980 when he founded the ministry, it was very few and far between to find a good sign here or there. But now all 10 signs are at once into what's now called convergence, all the signs. And it seems like as soon as you get one, another disaster happens or another fearful event. And it seems to be increasing in frequency, intensity, not just here for us in the United States, but all over the world. And the Lord said that would be a, a indicator that he was returning soon. So therefore, I believe that we are close to the end of the Laodicean age. We're just about to the rapture of the church and then the beginning of the tribulation. Perilous times will come. I, I thought I'd just share something. I, I read this um, to my church when all this COVID-19 started up. And uh, um, by the way, you know, President Macron in, in France and uh, Pope Francis, uh, the whole Jesuit thing, um, they're pushing for, you know, um, a one world leader to come forward now um, and embracing theirs. And I, I found this, one of the paragraphs, one of the last paragraphs, an article from Microsoft ID 2020 Alliance is, as more and more transactions become digital in nature and are built around a single global identification standard supported by Microsoft, the question of who will govern this evolving global community and economy becomes relevant especially since non-participants in this system would be unable to buy or sell goods or services. Now, where have we heard that before? Thousands of years ago, the Lord told us in Revelation 13, 16, and it causes all, both small, great, and rich, poor, free and bound, to receive the mark in the right hand and in the foreheads that no man might buy or sell, save he had the mark of the name of the beast, the number of his name. I mean, again, we've got to trust the Lord for everything. We're not going to go into fear over this thing. But we look at what's going on right now. I mean, we got people in, in high levels of leadership in the world pushing for one person to come forward. You've got, um, you know, signs that made a muscle now saying, you know, no entry without a mask. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, then we got, you know, the doctor that says, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. And, you know, and then I hear, we were just talking about it today. Somebody had um, signed up to get the, the COVID test and, they weren't able to take the test, but they got the results two days later that they were positive. So if you get a flat tire, you know, on your way to the doctor, you've got COVID-19. I have a, a cousin of my wife's who's a nurse, and one of her friends who's a nurse does the COVID testing. And she was sending swabs in, and every single swab came back positive. So she thought that was a little odd. So what she did is she tested herself and sent that in, and that came back positive. So then she said, well, that's odd, I'm not sick. So she took two swabs that were never used and turned them in and both of them came back positive as well. So there's definitely something fishy going on. And now the CDC is saying that possibly up to 98% of the people who have passed away accordingly, uh, supposedly due to COVID, they're finding that it was tacked on with some other pre-existing condition. So you gotta wonder why we shut down an entire planet over something that's little more than the flu. Now, I, I don't want to minimize the amount of people who have died, certainly, but you got to wonder if they wouldn't have died already from other causes, other diseases, other problems that COVID just exacerbated. So here in Texas, uh, our ministry is located in the Dallas area, and we are one of the first states, along with your state, Atlanta, to open up, uh, excuse me, uh, Georgia to open up. And now we've got what they're calling the second wave, and people are getting sick. They don't talk about the death rate because there really isn't a death rate, but they're talking about the people getting sick. We're all locked down again, fairly much. A lot of businesses, I mean, we can still go to work and place, but like you said, you have to wear the mask. And uh, you got to wonder, is that, is that continually the mask is a kind of a symbol of, of the, a bad times and, and be quiet. And there are theories out there that this isn't just a leftist idea to be symbolized that we're in a reminder that we're in bad times that hopefully to take President Trump out and the Republican Party in the fall. I don't know if it goes that far or not, but uh, you got to wonder this constant push for COVID uh, preparedness and for masks. And after November 3rd, 
will people still be talking about it? That's a big question. And the, one of the things I've noticed is they're using the word hospitalization <clears throat> a lot. Uh, and people have been putting off all kinds of elective situations, uh, surgeries, uh, checkups for cancer, uh, all kinds of things. And now they are all going to the hospital to get those issues resolved. And those are hospitalizations. So they're in a talk about COVID, they're using the word hospitalizations. Sure, hospitalizations are way up right now, but it doesn't necessarily have anything at all to do with COVID. Oh, absolutely. New York uh, City, it gets, uh, there's supposedly every death, they're labeling a COVID death. For every death, they get 13,000 more dollars from government assistance. So obviously, people are milking this government assistance as far as they can as well. And again, I don't want to minimize that the people have died. Last I looked today, there's a half a, a million people around the world that are dead. But is it all from COVID or not? We don't know. Why is the United States 136,000 dead in the next second country? Brazil is only 60. And after that, it's only a few thousand per country. Uh, something is very off. Either we are over-testing or we are uh, reporting incorrectly compared to the statistics around the rest of the world. The politicization of this issue is an amazing, huge problem. Uh, we can't trust any news media with any numbers. Polls, certainly, they're using those too. Oh, the polls say people are worth, can't trust polls, we've proven that. So the whole thing is just being played with and fudged because they don't like Donald Trump. Absolutely, it's, I believe it's even bigger than Donald Trump. What Donald Trump represents in our yeah. party is support of Israel, the support yeah. of our constitution, freedom of speech and press. Uh, what we're seeing with Antifa and Black Lives Matter, which has a wonderful name, but when you read what they believe, you know, it's adamantly Marxist. It's, it might be for pro-African, but again, at the same time, it is, is anti-family. It wants to destroy the nuclear family. It wants to get rid of what's called cis-normativism. In other words, heterosexuality being the norm. It's very pro-transvestite. And when you look where the money goes, when you put money into Black Lives Matters, it goes to a super PAC that supports Biden and Bernie Sanders. Now, what did they have to do with Black Lives Matters? It's, it's crazy. I, I've got a, uh, a few um, quotes here from uh, famous uh, black pundits here I thought were fascinating. Candace Owens, you know, she's always in the news. She said, no one, not a single solitary person defended or excused the death of George Floyd. We all agree that, right? So why is this rioting happening? Because that is what the media wanted. Black America, wake up, enlighten yourselves. Do not be owned by a mainstream media agenda. Uh, Larry Elder, you probably are very familiar with him. He's quite out there. He says, one of the big hashtag fake news narratives is that institutional, structural, and systemic racism remains a major problem in America, when in fact, race has never been a more insignificant barrier to success in America. And we're seeing here, I have a few more, but I like what uh, Brandon Tatum says. He's a, a pastor, uh, excuse me, a, a police officer who now is, uh, does a lot of speaking. He says, don't let the media fool you. The majority of Americans support the police. Do not support the destroying of their city. The biggest problem with growing up black in America is not racism, police brutality, or black on black crime. It's the mental brainwashing. And I totally agree with you. What we're seeing is the media takes sides with basically Marxism. And every time you see somebody defend themselves, uh, they're shot down by the media. Uh, I saw the most horrific scene on the news. It was a trucker who was trying to get down a highway and a bunch of protesters were blocking it. And he's trying to weave his way through the crowd and the crowd descended on that truck with the, uh, just unbelievable anger. I mean, trying to blow, it was a gas truck of all the things you're trying to destroy. You know, it can, It's like a rage that's so supernaturally evil. Unfortunately, the trucker was able to pull through and get away, but again and again, uh, another, this happened recently where a car was trying to get through a crowd and the crowd attacked the car and the car was able to get through and it had to push one woman off the hood and another guy is holding on the door. How did the media report it? That the car rammed a woman and dragged a man through the city. Well, the man was holding on to the car and she was trying to stop it with her own body. So our own media is working against our country to try to overthrow it. And that's a frightening thing when you think that both our media and our educational institutions not able to overthrow President Trump are willing to move to revolution. And we haven't seen that since 
the Bolshevik revolution that overthrew the Russian czar and instituted communism in Russia for decades. And that's how perilous I think our times are here. I believe the simple, the simple response is we do not have a race problem. We have a sin problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love uh, Jason Riley, another black pundit. He says, black activists and white progressives stress racism because it serves their own interests, not because it actually improves the station of blacks. You know, it's, an, it's, it's like the perfect storm, right? What we have is we have so many youth that were raised with teachers that taught them to hate America, hate our values, hate God, hate the system. And then what we do, we have no school and no uh, work. They have no entertainment and no sports and a fearful time where people are locked down. Well, of course they're acting out. It's like, it's the perfect thing. So all it took is one event to trigger and create something that people, you know, in the human heart, we need to fight for something. And people are fighting for getting rid of racism, which is, is, a, is a worthy pursuit. But when it's being used as a mask for outright Marxism and insurrection, where black people are killing more black people than anybody else, uh, and they're aborting more black babies than anywhere else, Black Lives Matters really doesn't mean Black Lives Matters. It means Marxist government. And that's a terrifying thought that uh, America, after all this time, is into a position where we're looking at a second civil war. And I believe that fits Bible prophecy, because there is nowhere in end-time Bible prophecy where you see America as a superpower. Israel is on its own, so America's not there to help it. I was kind of hoping it'd be the rapture of the church that brought America down, and and other Western nations like England and, and, and the West, but it might be by our own hand, tragically. Well, this is the first time since the resurrection of the Lord Jesus that the church wasn't able to come together and celebrate Resurrection Sunday. I mean, how amazing is that? And then you just hear the Americans, uh, America's birthday, and it's like half the country was in rebellion not to celebrate. You've got five corporations that run the media that are on the far left. Uh, the Nazis helped develop television in the 1930s for the sole purpose of propaganda. I mean, look how, the, I mean, because it works, right? I mean, we look at Karl Marx. Here's a guy that, um, I think, he, did he have seven children? I can't remember. He had like, four of them died. Four of Marx's children died because he wouldn't get off his back end and, and get a job to support his wife and children. So they starved to death. He let them starve to death. So th why would anybody follow this man? It's, it's incredible that, I mean, when you look at his life, I mean, he was, you know, and, and besides that, he, he, um, he, he lifted his work, the majority of his work from, um, oh, the guy, I forget, the guy that started the Illuminati in the 1700s, um, Weinshoff. Maybe. Yeah, a lot, a lot of that was taken, so I mean, you didn't even have an original idea, just serving the kingdom of darkness, and then people follow. It's like those false religions. I mean, we look, we're at a point where we're going to see all the false religions come together in one. We have that one world government. This is a reality, and so many people in the church are asleep. They're not, I mean, this is the stuff that we should have been talking about in church for years, getting people prepared. The best way to prepare is, is be a doer of the word, not a hearer only, deceive in your own selves. Do the fulfill the Great Commission? How is it? Is you know so many people that are professing Christians and they've never ever led one person into salvation. They've never prayed for somebody to be healed. They've never cast out a demon in the Almighty Name of Jesus. The things he said we should be doing. Well, Pastor, I think you bring up a fantastic point because isn't it interesting that at the same time we saw this lawlessness and anarchy rise, the church is quietly meeting in homes over the internet, making no impact into the world. And I wonder if that's not God showing the world or giving them a taste of what life will be like after the rapture of the church, when there is no restraining force through the Holy Spirit's work through the church. After that, you get just lawlessness and, and insanity and people believing these delusions. And, and even now, our, our, my church shut down for another month. I mean, we're still doing online services uh, bless Pastor Jack Hibbs for our brothers and sisters in California, where Governor Newsom told them they couldn't even sing. Jack Hibbs Church had this wonderful Fourth of July service. They sang, they gave a tribute to the Lord in America. And you know, we're at the point now in America where we have to actually challenge authorities for our First Amendment freedom of religious rights. I mean, 
that's a drastic change. And, and if I have to put a finger on when that began, it began when Barack Obama took office. Yes. But there are people, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown in Tampa allowed himself to be arrested. He, he opened his church and said they, they he was a, he is a South African originally. And when he became a citizen, he had to, on the Bible, had to swear to uphold the Constitution of the United States. So as a pastor, he said, I can't allow them to take away my constitutional rights, or you, the people that I talk to, take away your constitutional rights. Uh, I have, I've sworn to not allow that to happen. So he opened his church, and they arrested him and took him to jail. Now the uh, police, police commissioner there in Tampa has become a good friend and a follower of the church. They've had an event go on for, I believe, about 30 days now, every day. Every day they have church. It's called The Stand, uh, and that's from the River Church in Tampa. Excellent. Well, praise the Lord. I'm glad there's some pastors who are standing up. It seems, though, that especially the liberal side of uh, Christianity has bought into this Black Lives Matters. Uh, you know, it sounds anti-racist, but it's very racist. It's extremely yeah. racist. I was reading today about some of the job training uh, requirements for people who work in Seattle. And usually there's diversity training and ethical training and all, but so people could work together. But it's radical. I, I meant to print out the list, but I'll tell you off the top of my head. It basically involves being ashamed that you're white and that it's okay if you're uncomfortable or it's okay for white people to not feel secure or have police protection. I mean, this is the insanity that they're trying to drive out there. And this is very reminiscent of what uh, when I went to Yad Vashem in Israel, it's the Holocaust Museum in Israel. It was real eye-opening to me because I had always believed that the Nazis came in, started rounding up the Jews and executing them. But actually, it was about 15 years of slowly making the pot hotter and hotter and hotter, more restrictions, more teaching people that Jews were inferior, that they were a parasite or a plague on humanity. And the people believed it. And then they started feeling, well, it's okay to kill a Jewish person because they're not fully human. And this is what Black Lives Matters and these Antifa people are teaching, that white people are inferior. The head of Black Lives Matter in Toronto this week said that white people are inferior to them. Now, that if a white person said that, all hell would break loose. But the idea is to villainize white people so you have a cause to rally around. It's really absolutely debasive of any kind of, of morality. And it's just shocking to see how fast it's taken ground during this COVID crisis. But it's so illogical. I mean, you, you got like crime rates accelerating. You got people rising, taking over sections of the city and the idea is like, let's do away with the police force. What a great idea. Right. You know, it's like, we had a lot of accidents at this traffic light. Let's take the traffic light down and then, you know, it's just at your own risk. You know, everybody does what's right in their own eyes didn't work too well for the Hebrews and ancient Israel is it? I see more black people though every day actually coming out now and saying uh, Black Lives Matter does not represent us uh, to the extent that I heard Glenn Beck of all people uh, a few <laughs> days ago say that these black people can be our salvation in this crisis they actually are the people that will have the responsibility to stand up and and profess that they're not part of this craziness. Amen. We've had uh, one of our evangelists on staff is Dr. Patrick Oliver. He's a professor at Cedarville, but he was also a police chief of Cleveland for many years, African-American man. Uh, we've had Don Perkins, as well as uh, Brian Thomas, both uh, African-American pastors on our program. They've all said the same thing. They, I mean, we came from a time period not too long ago where we twice elected an African-American president. Most of these cities that are riding and talking systemic racism have black mayors and black police chiefs and black city councils and, and you know, and so where's the systemic racism? The insanity, but, but people are believing it and the media is reinforcing it. And I gotta wonder if it's not a desperate last act by the far left because they can't get rid of Donald Trump and the position he holds as a restraining influence. And so, the Bible says in the end times, people will believe lies, they'll believe delusions, and 
yeah, that's the only way I can explain this madness that seems to have infected people, especially many white people that all of a sudden feel so burdened for just being white or living in America. And I've wondered, when you look at all the great uh, empires that have come and gone over the years, most of them haven't gone because of outside influences. They fell apart inside. I'm like, well, what could have done it? I guess you get to a point where you're so successful that you feel guilty and you start hating yourself and no country that hates itself can survive. And yet you also said the, the last act, this, this whole thing could be the last. Unfortunately, uh, when this is over, they will find something else. It will go on and on and on. Uh, and if Trump is indeed elected, that won't stop it either. Absolutely. I mean, we've already seen John Roberts on the Supreme Court, who was supposed to be a bastion of conservatism, again and again pick a very liberal, uh, non-constitutional interpretations. Uh, uh, he and Gorsuch both defined uh, gender as what was given in 1964, not to mean male and female, but to mean whatever you want. So now you got to wonder if churches and religious organizations will have to hire people that are against their religious beliefs and they can't fire them for that. I mean, this is even people that are supposed to be standing in the gap who we've elected, many say, well, what about the Republicans? They haven't said anything or done anything either. It's absolute silence from our leadership and it feels leaderless. Uh, I, God bless Trump for all his rhetoric, but uh, have we seen any action against this other than a few executive orders? And you gotta wonder why is everybody so scared of this tide of rage? Uh, we feel kind of leaderless, right? And maybe that's the case. The Lord has always said when Israel disobeyed him, he gave a number of punishments, and one of them was that they'd be leaderless, and that's how it feels in the United States right now. It's a judgment. Supreme Court okayed sanctuary cities recently, uh, which is, uh, you, you would never expect that when it got to that level. You'd think that's our last salvation, our last hope, and they okayed it, which is just crazy. Hmm. Well, we're going to up on a break, and so hang on because we're going to come back and talk about this stuff but in the meantime while we're watching the end of the world getting yeah. ready for the rapture get some naturally craveables because you'll be glad you did yeah yep. rick samples them this uh, weekend he's, a, he's a fantastic Today. it must be naturally Welcome back to Spiritual Counters. And um, the word that God says, watch therefore, pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. And you know, the Lord said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if it wasn't you know, true, I would have told you that. I mean, that's talking about the rapture. He's got a place. I mean, think about it. It's not made with human hands. And it's had at least 2,000 years working on it, right? So it's going to be pretty amazing. People seem like they're so caught up in this reality. And we know that um, eyes and seen, ears and heard, entered in the hearts of men, the things God's got prepared for them. So onward, Christian soldiers. I have a song called uh, New Jerusalem, uh, or the High City. And it describes literally right from the Bible, we took the lyrics from there, uh, all the different stones that are used and the streets of gold and uh, and it's an amazing, amazing sound. I can't wait. You know, for a lot of people that don't know, maybe you should explain that double agent thing God gave you. Oh, well, I'm an I'm a old rocker. I, uh, when I was 17, I recorded a song called Hang On Sloopy. And it was number one in every country in the world, sells records. Over the years, I've had many other hits, including rock and roll, hoochie coo. 
and uh, produced Edgar and Johnny Winter. And, and uh, I've been involved with the successful, all the Weird Al Yankovic records. I produced them, won two Grammys with Weird Al, discovered him, discovered Cindy Lauper, got her career started. Um, but when I met my current wife, she, I was pretty far from the Lord at that point. And uh, I was started going to different evangelical churches. And, and uh, I asked one day the pastor, I said, well, I'm considered a tool of the devil. And the music I play, rock and roll is, they, they don't consider it uh, very godly, to say the least. So I said, what do you think? Uh, you've just baptized me what do you think, you know, should I continue playing this music or should I just make a cut and, and change my musical direction completely? And he explained to me, um, he said, no, you would be joining everybody else preaching to the choir if you changed. You actually have an opportunity that all the Christian musicians don't get. You can go in front of these very worldly audiences and you have the stage at that point. I changed some lyrics to some of my songs. Uh, if I told the promoter that I had changed those lyrics, he would say, man, I, I wish you would sing those new lyrics. He would try to talk me out of it. So we just don't tell him that we've changed those lyrics and we play them anyway. So in essence, I have become a double agent for the Lord working behind the enemy lines. Wow. I want to thank you for Weird Al Yankovic. I've been laughing since sixth grade, and uh, he got saved late in life too, didn't he? Yeah, I produced his first six albums. We oh won two Grammys with Weird Al. Me and all my friends, we had all the songs memorized. Yeah. I can probably tell you Yoda right now. Thank I you so much. <laughs> I discovered him and recorded the first album with my own money because I believed in him that much. Uh, we didn't even have a record label yet. Oh, wow. This week, he just came out with the Hamilton polka, making fun of uh, <laughs> Hamilton uh, the, on Disney+. Plus. So, wow, that's great. And you did the song Hang On Sloopy, is it? Yes, I did. With my band, oh, yeah. then was called The McCoys, 1965. Oh, wow. The you. only rock and roll song in the history of the world that's ever been voted an official state rock and roll anthem. Ohio, where Columbus, Ohio, has now got a 20,000-name position petition to change the name from Columbus to Flavortown. What? Yes. Flavortown? Flavortown. <laughs> <laughs> we have lost our minds, haven't we? We have. <laughs> oh, that's great. Praise the Lord. What a now, testimony. I was thinking as, as we were growing up in the arts and the, the rock and roll worlds and all that, it occurred to me as a young guy that, like in you know, it didn't matter if you were a male or female, what color you were, you played great music, we loved it. It didn't yeah. matter if you, what color you were, or, you know, man or woman, whatever, just, um, you know, if you did great art, it was great art. But music traditionally has almost lifted the black musicians up uh, to a place uh, higher than, than us. We've always said, hey, they got soul, and uh, they're inspired musicians, so, to all of a sudden say that all these white people are systematically racist is just an insult to all of us, frankly. Now, black culture moves America. It moves it in music, it moves it in sports. Uh, even growing up, uh, I, I grew up during the 80s and 90s and the rap culture, everybody wanted to be the cool kids, we're always the black kids. This idea that we have systemic racism. Let me read you, uh, if I could real quick, uh, statistic it's written by a, the washington post keeps a database on all police shootings right so in 2019 there's 1003 people shot and killed by a police officer out of a population of 328 million people in america they made 10 million arrests and of those 600,000 were related to violent crimes now of those 405 white people 250 black people 163 hispanics 185 others that were involved, that were actually died, 55 were unarmed. It get, breaks down to 25 white people, 14 black people, 11 Hispanics, and five other. That means 14 unarmed black people out of 10 million arrests in 2019, or 0.00014%. Now, we've got the liberal media telling everybody that black 
people, unarmed black people, are being systematically hunted down and killed by police officers. This statistic proves that there is not systemic racism in the police force. And yet we're continuously being told that. And, and the reason is this, and we know this if you study history as you gentlemen have, and know that when communists or Marxists start taking over, the first thing they need to do is break down the law so there's nobody standing against them. They erase the history by tearing down the statues. We've got that. Next, they take the guns away and ban those, and they sit in a one-party system. And eventually, and this is, uh, if I can quick cover this, I just read his article over the break, uh, protesters storm Baptist church, harass children, assault parishioners, how's your head feel, pastor. And it talks about how protesters of Black Lives Matters broke into a church in Troy, New York during a church service, yelling and screaming and calling people swear words and stuff like that. Harass is a multi-ethnic church, both black and white and Hispanic. They're all there. They attacked the pastor. Uh, and the pastor, fortunately, afterwards says, we will never apologize to the mob. But this is really going to be the ultimate result for us Christians is that whenever communism, which is a humanistic religion, basically comes in, it can't have other religions. It might team up with Islam for a while. It has the same purposes. But once it's in power, and we saw this when Stalin came in and purged his country, and Mao purged his country, and the Moulin Rouge, and all that, millions and millions and millions of people, mostly of faith, are murdered when Marxist-type leftist thinking come in. And that's what all us Christians will be facing soon, is once they're done tearing down the statues and trying to eliminate the police, they'll be coming for the churches. And historically, for 2,000 years of church history, it's a, a proven track record. The more the, the church is persecuted, the more Christianity spreads. That's one thing you would yes. think after the 2,000 years, they figured out. I mean, after 2,000 years, I'm thinking, why isn't everybody saved at this point? They've probably all heard the, the truth by now. But again, you know, Second Thessalonians tells us there's going to be lying signs and wonders in the sky. There's great delusion because they wouldn't believe God's word. He's going to let them have it their way. And we're there. I mean, you know, and then people will ask you in iNathan.com, well, you know, God's just waiting for the last Christian, you know, the last person to get saved, become a Christian, and then the rapture. Well, wait a minute. Lots of people are going to get saved after the rapture. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, maybe you could elaborate on that a bit. Well, certainly, we're, I, I'm a dispensationalist. I believe that God has uh, always is God. He never changes, but he has different forms of government throughout time periods. And right now, we're in the church age. Uh, from Pentecost to the rapture, is God is, we're using the church uh, to rule and reign over the earth and working through that. And of course, the Gentile kingdoms in the secular realm. But the prophet Daniel prophesied that at the end, when Jesus returned, he would wipe away all Gentile kingdoms and set up his own millennial kingdom, a kingdom of peace and righteousness and justice. But so when, I absolutely agree, when the last person of the church age is saved, the Lord will then come and he will rapture and take his church up to heaven as 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 15 tell us. But after the rapture, we read throughout the Revelation narrative how these two witnesses will rise in Jerusalem and for the first three and a half years witness to God to the whole world. We read about 144,000 Jewish evangelists. They're like Paul's or Billy Graham's who will go out in the world and spread the gospel. People will see miracles and the judgments will bring people to the Lord. All our materials here in the church age, hopefully this video will lead people to the Lord. And even at the end, just before the Lord returns, he sends out a gospel angel who will share the gospel with everybody throughout the entire world. And when you look at the martyrs, as John describes them in heaven, they're from every tribe, tongue, nation, and people, uncountable like the sands of the shore. So absolutely, uh, as dark as it looks now, and as dark as the world will get after the rapture, sometimes people have to go through terrible, terrible persecution before they finally relent and give up their lives to the Lord. And we see that, and the, the Bible prophesies that, that millions during the tribulation will turn to Jesus as their Savior. Unfortunately, many of them will be martyred by the one world ruler, the Antichrist at that time, but uh, they inherit eternal life. So yes, uh, I think a great revival is probably not yet uh, destined for the remainder of the church age, but certainly during the tribulation. Excellent answer. I mean, we're looking right now that 
you know, we got the, the World Forum, Economic Forum, and we got, you know, people like Prince Charles giving his five points of how we're going to reset the global economy. I mean, this is what this whole thing is about. A one world money system. The, the scriptures indicate that. A one world government. Uh, these things are unfolding right before us. And it, it seems so shocking to people. Um, I, I've heard about, you know, insiders telling me about guillotines and things like that and stored in FEMA camps for, you know, the last decade now. Um, strange things, but the, the scripture does talk about that. Um, in Revelations, of course, you know that. And uh, it was strange, I did a little research and it, not, it wasn't just the, um, the French, you know, revolution. who benefited? Nobody benefited from the revolution. And these guys are like out in Seattle, they're, 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 they're talking about, they, they think they're like the French revolutionists. And the, one of the guys with a megaphone was talking to his crowd goes, so what do we do with people that resist? What do we do with the people that won't come on to our side? And they're all yelling, shop, shop, shop. I'm going, no, it's going to be stop, 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 because the Lord isn't going to put up with it that much longer. Um, but you have, um, at that point, the guy, Guillotine, the, the doc, it was a doctor, he was trying to make a humanitarian uh, execution machine. And he, he tried really hard to get his name taken off it. He didn't want any part of it once it was done. And, and then Hitler, the Nazis used it as much as the French. They, they you know, took out a lot of people with that. Uh, this is like really strange times. Um, we've got all the predictive programming going on. I mean, so they're, they're, they're aiming cartoons. Even this last month, they had a cartoon showing how, um, I think it was a stretch, whatever that guy, Stretch Armstrong. Yeah. We looked at that this yeah. morning. And it's, it's basically about the, you know, the one world takeover. People are going to get the smart mark. And then with your smart mark, it's free. Everybody just come to these smart mark centers and in the cartoon, it's like a CNN woman cartoon showing everybody how wonderful it is. It's free. You get it. You can take videos. You can buy and sell. And if you don't have it, then it shows a bunch of evil looking guys going, you know, if you don't take this mark, you know, we'll have to eliminate you. I mean, we are so there. I mean, this, this is, you know, I mean, it's a cartoons, but again, it's like the predictive programming. In the late 1800s, they hit the book, The Titan, about a ship that sells the Atlantic, hits an iceberg and sinks, right? It was like a script for the Titanic. You, you had the, the um, 2012 uh, Olympics in London. I mean, it was like the coronavirus um, as a musical. I mean, it's like insane stuff going on. You got all these occultic ceremonies, the Gotham Tunnel, the, um, you know, the, the Super Bowl stuff is going on. I read a book that was uh, expounding on the possibility. And they, they had all these uh, proofs in the book that it was true. But the Beatles were created to specifically um, expound free love, drugs, the, the world that they successfully created. Uh, then in order to counter, because they didn't get everybody with the Beatles, the stones were created to be that counterbalance to bring in the whole other crowd that weren't for the Beatles. And they were so successful that we have all of this stuff today. In other words, that was all planned and it was all created. They even say in this book that most of the Beatles songs and a lot of the Rolling Stones songs were not even written by the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. But one uh, writer and they, in the book, they had his name listed uh, wish I knew the name of the book now. Um, it it might have been. I don't, I don't want to give a false name, but uh, they even suggested and had the guy's name, the writer that wrote most of those songs. Uh, if you look at the Beatles in their early days, they were a skiffle band. They called them a very rough, loose rock and rollish band. Certainly very primitive, playing just rock and roll from the early fifties, pretty much. And then all of a sudden, here they are writing sophisticated music and song after song after song after song. Uh, and this book explains that it wasn't them writing these things. They were just the tool of this think tank that wanted to create all the, the world that we have now. Well, I think a lot of people don't know that you actually played with Ringo Starr and Paul McCartney as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes, um, I did. Yes, huh. I, and, and, you know, we have the voice of God machine, right? The weapon where they can project into your mind uh, and 
they used it in the Gulf War and people would lay down their weapons because you hear a voice and you think it's God. What really spooks me, I, when I was a, a teenager, I saw a video called Hell's Bells. It was about Satanism in music. And they took, uh, who did Stairway to Heaven? Was, was that a thing? Zeppelin. Can you, you can play that backwards and get yep. a coherent message out of it, worshiping Satan. And the, the video producer, he was saying that you could, the human mind can't produce music. I'm no musician, so I don't know, but uh, that writing songs backwards like that with coherent messages is, is difficult for human beings to do. He wasn't sure it was intentional, but he had some other songs too. But man, that was, that was just outright frightening. Uh, I, that video sticks with me to this day. We, we so uh, the Bible codes in reverse. Yeah. It's like the Antichrist Bible codes. We know the uh, lead singer from the band ACDC who recorded the song Hell's Bells and Highway to Hell and those kind of songs. He invited us to see a concert one night. We went there and it was an amazing thing. He had this huge bell when he sings Highway, when he sings Hell's Bells. He climbs on this bell and holds on, and they swing him out over the audience, back and forth. And the audience all had the opportunity before they came in to buy lighted red devil horns, red lighted devil horns. So you've got this whole audience of people with red devil horns on while he's swinging over the audience, singing Hell's Bells, and follows it with Highway to Hell. And you just you go like, wow. <laughs> I it's would so say, real. you know, I, I had the same management as them. Um, yep. I'm still friends with some of the guys. And I can tell well, he, you, I, he I, just, I went he, to one of the concerts because we were trying to get together for dinner and the only way I could do it, I really wasn't sure I wanted to go. But I saw that experience. I saw the audience with the little red devil horns. Cars, yeah. And they have this, wow. that, I mean, it's an incredible you know, multi-million dollar production. <laughs> yeah, though the singer explained to me that, yeah. oh, well, I don't mean any of that stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah it's just for the money. It's just, but the, he might say that, but the impact they're having on these audiences, uh, that don't get it. He's, he's just professing that it means nothing to him, doesn't make a dent in his argument as far as I'm concerned. Well, I, I could offer that um, some of them read my, my books. Yeah, and, um, good. And we prayed together. So you never know how God's working in somebody's life. Yep. Yes. One of, one of my good friends got saved out of the drug and rave culture. He was a frequenter to raves. And he says the whole thing about raves is a mental conditioning to be obedient to Satan. Between the drugs, the psychedelic uh, look, the music, and how the music gets more and more satanic as the night goes on, as people get higher and higher, it was a conditioning. And that scared him so much when his cognitive mind through the drugs finally realized it. Uh, he, he left it and he eventually got saved and gave up drugs. And he's a good, strong Christian now. But you know, he, to this day, it, it spooks him to think about people going to raves, terrifying things. So maybe you could um, share a little bit your testimony because you kind of came out of that. Um... Well, I, I, um, the McCoys, I came from a Catholic background originally. But when kids 17 are loosed for the first time in their lives, uh, on the streets of New York City, where I was moved to, uh, and they have a number one song in the world, you become, you, we were the Beatles at that time. Uh, the Rolling Stones released us on their label in England at that time. Uh, so the last thing we were burdened with was any memories of church or God or anything like that. We were just on our own partying like crazy. And uh, that went on and on in my life until I had some uh, issues where I all of a sudden realized, you know, you can pray. And I went into a church, Catholic church one afternoon, no one was there. And I pulled that kneeler down and got on my knees and prayed and asked the Lord for help. And uh, he brought that help totally visibly to me in life within a matter of weeks. I met the girl that became my, is still my wife now. Uh, she then took me and then helped me uh, learn that I didn't need to be constrained by the certainly the, the chains in some ways of Catholicism. Uh, I, all I needed was the Bible. And uh, we started reading the Bible and she took me to the church where I was baptized in the river. And, and the pastor told me that thing where I'm working as a 
double agent for the Lord. And um, it really proved that here I am now, uh, a guy who some people, uh, I've worked a little bit with Trey Smith, for instance. And when Trey released the video that included me with him, working with him, the, we got so much feedback from people saying that how can you associate with this guy who was a tool of the devil playing rock and roll music. In other words, it's almost like these people believe that there's people like me can't be saved or aren't allowed to be saved. Uh, so it really showed the, the kind of the duality of these people who, who I reticently call myself a Christian because I've learned this firsthand. I'm a follower of Jesus, uh, whatever that means. I'm a follower of Jesus, and I have as, uh, as much right as every other human that Jesus loves to be saved. And uh, that, you know, as a living example of that sitting right here, I can say that that certainly goes to everyone watching. Well, I've had a lot of people say the same sort of things to me. When, when I got ordained, I was surprised that the pastor looked at me and said, now don't go get a haircut and start wearing a coat and tie because you're reaching people we can't reach. Right. And so I've gone in, you know, because of like some things that you've said to me over the years and Tommy James and playing with him and the Shondells and I've gone into playing secular places and realized what a golden opportunity yes. to share the gospel, especially when they introduced me as a pastor on the yeah. guitar. Yeah. So um, I've, I've told people, so well, what do you want me to do? Do you want to keep playing for the choir every week or do you want me to go out and help get some people saved? Well, there are a lot of Christian rock musicians out there. And uh, when, when you go to these Christian concerts with the traditional Christian artists that are on Christian radio, uh, it really is a Christian audience and the people are preaching to the choir. So I have an idea, I'm, I'm going to pursue it. And it is getting together rock musicians who are Christians, uh, doing a tour where we pretty much play our music um, we can speak to the fact that we're Christians as much or as little as we want, but we draw in traditional rock audiences, and then at the end of the concert have an altar call. Um, and I've never seen anyone do that, and I think it would be certainly a revolutionary in, <laughs> in some people's eyes, but I think it's a reality, and that time has come. When I uh, Back in 93, I was a, a counselor for a camp in Alaska. I was a summer missionary. And one of the uh, singers who came to work at the camp, uh, she was doing volunteer work, uh, was greatly involved in the, the Christian and gospel and country music. She lived in Nashville in the 80s. And uh, it, it was really shocking to hear her testimony because she got saved out of that. I, it, to find out that at least in the 80s, so many of the Christian gospel music singers were living the life of sex, drugs, and rock and roll, just like secular world is. Still the same. Yeah, and she got saved out of it, and it just, it was so disappointing to hear that that, that was the case, but, uh, uh, you know, music, I played the violin for three years, and then my music teacher said, please stop, you need to stop. <laughs> I admire you guys for, for your incredible giftedness and accomplishments. Uh, I, I hope when I get to heaven, the Lord gives me some little modicum of music ability so I can worship him, because I can't even sing. Well, I'm blessed, uh, and I believe so many musicians are. I've talked, I've had dinner with a bunch of rock guitarists before, and I've told them, you know, we are blessed. People study what we do years and years and years. They work as hard as you can work and never have that much of our talent. So we are truly not just from within ourselves. It's truly been given to us by the Lord. And we owe those thanks to him for that ability. I love the way you explain you're playing music from your heart to the audience. It's oh, awesome. yeah. Yeah, music is free. Uh, people, I mean, the, the, when they created recordings was an attempt by man to charge for something that is literally free. Music floats through the air. Uh, you can't, uh, in its purest form, there's no way to charge somebody for it. it it's free but it is a language that you cannot lie in. You can go to any country of the world and you can play music where you don't know their language. But if you did, you could tell them lies. But in music, I play that music 
And if my heart is pure, my music is pure, and the message I'm, I'm sending out is, is, is honest and, and from my heart, then that audience is free to receive that message in their heart. And their response is what shows me whether or not that message was, was honest and true, and, and they received it. Uh, because it is a, a real, real language, uh, a message, a communication that, from my heart to yours. Wow. When I was doing the research for my book on Revelation, uh, I read one author who had said that the language of angels could very well be musical. There might be uh, tones and sounds and, and harmonies that humans are incapable of hearing, that angels might be speaking all around us and we wouldn't know. Uh, and maybe one day when we're in heaven, we'll be speaking the language of music as well. And you guys will be some of the leaders leading us. I hope so. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be right there. We'll be jamming up there. Yeah. Jamming like crazy. Yeah. 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 No, it's all going to be organ music and choir robes, right? That's <laughs> that's a church I was raised in, believe. That, you know, that, none of that uh, contemporary stuff. <laughs> well, I think they'll have some kind of organ. Uh, you know, it'll be some kind of yeah. uh, majestic, heavenly uh, musical instrument, uh, or it comes from all of our hearts together. We don't know how it's going to come, but we're going to spend eternity um, uh, professing our love for the Lord. Yeah. That's fantastic. Praise the Lord. That's the hope we have, isn't it? Despite how dark and difficult our times are, uh, as I was going through Revelation, uh, it's amazing how many verses talk about being an overcomer based on first john 5 5 who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that jesus is the son of god and you can go throughout revelation especially the seven churches in each church jesus says those who overcome the world and then he gives them what their future is like for instance revelation 2 7 to him who overcomes i will give to eat from the tree of life in revelation 2 11, he who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death which is hell uh, you can go on, he overcomes, keeps my works to the end. I will give him power over the nations. We're promised authority in the millennial kingdom and past that. Uh, uh, Revelation 3, 5, I will not blot his name out of the book of life. In other words, if we overcome this world, we will have eternal life. Uh, Revelation 3, 12, I will write on him my new name. In other words, we are branded by Jesus Christ. We are his forever and ever. Uh, Revelation 3.21, we'll sit on the throne of God. Isn't that amazing? We'll sit on Jesus' throne and rule and reign with him. And the best one, Revelation 21.7, he who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Uh, despite how dark and dangerous this world is getting, we can focus on our future and know that we have a wonderful future ahead of us. We just got to get through this dark valley. Yes. Again, our, our hope is not in nations or kings or queens or presidents. And our hope is in Christ alone. And, you know, maybe you're watching this program. You thought it was just some accident. You just stumbled across it, came up in your newsfeed or whatever. But you're here by divine appointments. And uh, clearly, you know, the world is headed towards somewhere. The scriptures have told us what's going to happen in advance. We know artificial intelligence is, is a point where it's taken over the world. Um, COVID-19, when you spell it out and add it up, is 666, like it sees the, the, you know, the third letter of the alphabet, the O, the 15, but it spells 666, totals it up, and the one being the A, the nine being the I, now we have 666, artificial intelligence. I mean, they love that sort of symbolism in the dark side. You got to get right with the lord I mean, it's it's even says you know without holiness uh, and peace you know um you have schisms with anybody else holding on the bitterness or resentment someone's done you wrong you got to forgive the way jesus forgives us yeah i had a dream uh people in the music business are always so aware of and uh, they dream of getting these awards different kind of awards grammys and and whatever they were they're all golden statues <laughs> strangely yeah. enough but in this dream i uh, was at a party frank sinatra's party as a matter of fact and it was filled with a lot of uh, people who were like that they were all regretting that they hadn't won those big awards yet and they were just you know they were they were not happy people any of them because they were just so concerned with the fact that they had not won those awards yet and my job in this dream was actually going around and speaking to each of them in either little groups or one at a time 
and explaining to them, hey, you guys, um, these are not the little gold statue is not the reward that you want. <laughs> the reward you want is the one that's going to come after you die. And so this time we have here, just don't worry about it. Don't worry about the fact that you haven't won those awards yet. Strive to make sure you win the big awards that are coming. Amen. We're down to the last few minutes of the program for tonight. Um, if you haven't made that decision, or maybe you need to rededicate yourself tonight, um, now's the time. I mean, maybe there's people that don't even know what to say. I mean, right. it's, it's really simple. When you and I got saved, we just yes. cried out to Jesus. Yes. Lord Jesus, save me. You can do it right now, Pastor. Do you, would you like to? You want me to do it? You okay. Do it. People watching, if you want to know how easy it is, if you don't know where you're going to be when you die, which could be right now, could be tonight, it could, you know, but you don't know where you're going to spend eternity. Maybe you were Christian and you've fallen away or, or maybe you've just never thought about it before. It's so easy to know where you're going to be. You say it after me. I believe that Jesus, I believe you were born from a virgin by God as your father. I believe you suffered for me on the cross. I believe you died and rose again from the dead. And I believe you can help me now. So come into my heart right now. Be my Lord and Savior right now. And that's all it takes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you prayed that with Brother Rick, let us know about it. You can reach us at the upperroomfellowship.org. You can reach Rick at rickderinger.com. And Nathan? At christinprophecy.org. And we'll see everybody here, there, in the air for another spiritual encounter. God bless you all. You say the white hats are leaving you brilliant clues And how they plan the train to swap for you Oh, I pray it be so just like the roaring twenties, there was plenty of money until it all but disappeared from sight. Will Christ come back to thief in the night tonight? You say the globalists are into depopulation. They released a virus to take down my generation. With spirit cooking and 5G, the scoffers laughing in our face, controlled by neurons until it all but disappeared from sight. Will Christ come like a thief in the night tonight? Shine, shine, shine. 
I pray it be so Just like the roaring twenties There was plenty of money Until it all but disappeared From sight Will Christ come like a thief in the night Tonight Will Christ Come like a thief in the night tonight. Will Christ come like a thief in the night tonight? Will Christ come like a thief in the night tonight? Will Christ come like a thief in the night tonight?